life was like a box of chocolates. There is no place like... You talking to me? All right, Mr. DeMille, I'm ready for my close-up. Nobody puts baby in I could have been a contender. He's looking at you, kid. Here's Johnny. A very particular set of skills. Your milkshake. Go ahead. Make my day. I'll be back. I am the father. I'm Spartacus. Say hello to my little friend. Why so serious? You shall not pass! All right. Welcome to the Real Features Podcast. My name is Sam. I'm here with Paul Cookson, my co-host, the founder of this great podcast, I must say also. Um, but this is a, a really cool episode because it's a little pop-up episode. Um, and we've got a great guest, but it's in conjunction with the Melbourne Documentary Film Festival, who we're, a, I guess, a partner with, or we've partnered with them um, to promote some of their great documentaries, which we've watched a bunch of them, um, which we'll have a bit of a chat about now. But also hang around because we've got an awesome interview um, with Jake Taylor, from who directed and produced the documentary film Green is a New Black, which is one that features prominently um, at this festival, which is an incredible documentary. Um, and he's also, for heavy metal fans, he is the lead singer of In Hearts Wake, which is a pretty awesome band. So that was a really fun chat. He is living it for real, Paul Cookson. He's, yeah, the passion that guy has, amazing. I was actually, I went a little bit quiet during it. I was just in awe, like, <laughs> listening to what he was saying. And I'm like, hang on, i got to ask some questions here. This is, uh, but yeah, he's, um, yeah, fascinating guy. He's had some... And, and he, wow, first documentary he's ever made and the quality of the documentary, editing in his own, I'd say basement, but it's probably his house. But uh, yeah, it's, um, he's done a phenomenal job on this uh, documentary. Yeah. It's, um, but yeah, we'll talk about that more, but it's a great interview. Definitely worth yeah. listening to. Yeah, for sure. But yeah. Um, this festival is is really exciting, man. The, the Melbourne Documentary Film Festival, like the quality, because we were lucky enough to get, a bunch of documentaries to watch and um, to get a sense of the festival. The quality of the documentaries is is impressive, to be honest. It is. It's a, it's a proper world festival, like you know, here in Melbourne. It's um the, the the quality of international and local documentaries is. Um, I was like almost happy just to get a pass to be able to you know watch some of these and not yeah. you know it's it's to be able to cover this was I mean especially you I mean you're I love documentaries but that's almost like one of your favorite things that you yeah. typically watch especially in the real features awards every year you know yeah. it's always a bit of a highlight that um you're a bit of uh you, you churn through a lot of them and and to be able to be a part of this festival yeah it's yeah dude um, it's heaven it's yeah that's it um but yeah let's chat about a few of them I mean we've we've watched a bunch of them but what comes yeah. to mind for you? Yeah, um, there's quite a few, but yeah, I think, I mean, to start off with, I thought the Star Wars kid, uh, the rise of the digital shadows. You remember the Star Wars kid back in the YouTube clip or it was a viral clip, right? Yeah, that's it. So that guy obviously just got nailed. This is like when the internet was sort of first becoming a thing. Um, it was essentially one of the first viral uh, things that went viral where, hmm. um, and it's interesting because I didn't know the backstory. We've all seen the video of this uh chubby guy who kind of you know gets a, a stick and is there waving around in a, in a corner of a room where he's like trying to fight no nothing essentially um <laughs> just and it looks so awkward and hilarious but um that's why this documentary is just fascinating because he that video he was recording uh in a school uh, as part of a project and he was trying to do editing and he had to capture something so he's recorded himself after a lot of failed attempts he was tired he's recorded it on this videotape which apparently he's got hours of footage 
someone you know broke in stole the footage of it without him knowing and out of nowhere he's just seen it leak online and Whoa. it's just gotten bigger and bigger and bigger um Dude, so that and obviously they cut you off there but that is yeah. literally the storyline of the pam and tommy that's true that's except true. with a, a nerd in his basement not a sex tape but a nerd. <laughs> <laughs> no it's spot on it's crazy so like back in the yeah when those sort of things had happened and um and people edit it to you know all kinds of hilarious stuff where he's that's why he kind of became a star wars kid because he's got light you know made people turn into a lightsaber i saw a, a matrix one i saw a lord of the rings one all that sort of stuff yeah but, um but yeah it's this this is pretty confronting this one because the guy uh has gotten older um he's sort of how much that affected his life um and he even uh towards the end of it he's a french guy um and he ends up uh talking to one of the guys not who stole the footage he still doesn't know who did that but the guy who leaked it in america i think it is and he's like so remorseful about it it's uh pretty full-on but uh, yeah but just crazy how much it it hurt this guy guy's life and how much it impacted him but you know he pulled himself together and he made a career and stuff like that but yeah fascinating doco definitely Jeez. a big one um yeah amazing yeah. And, but there's i mean yeah we were really spoiled for choice another one kids on tech yes um what was your take on that yeah yeah so um this is interesting one with covid and stuff like that about how i mean we know schools having previously worked in schools and on a very job many many years ago um as a as a tech believe yeah believe it or not so um kind of seeing that evolution and this sort of talks about how kids are so reliant on on technology and how it impacts them and things like that as well especially with covid where people were literally homeschooled and you know relied on that certainly changed the days where you'd have to line up and get your pen license and uh (laughs) sort of stuff it's 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 changed but it's i guess it's sort of talking about that impact on on kids and and yeah i guess just how much it's the 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 landscape's changed and and should we also shift uh you know do we keep going down this rabbit hole as well and and how it impacts kids but i mean we've both got young daughters as well but it's fascinating how even just you put your your phone on near near them and they just start they're drawn to it yeah oh man it is scary i have no idea how we're going to navigate that but you know crazy yeah Yeah. it's daunting (laughs) to say the least it is um dude one i watched and i think you watched it too 10 count yes do you watch that i did yeah yeah Yeah. i really liked it yeah that was yeah i thought that was a winner man like that was pretty heavy um i guess subject matter in terms of it's around depression and mental health in retired sports people and it's how i guess a lot of these athletes they don't have a backup plan or anything like that they have a illustrious career some of them don't and that's even a, a i guess a hurdle but it's how they deal with that and um and it has some pretty big names in it like i mean namely the rock features mm. in it and obviously and he's saying that he you know has depressive kind of mm. times in his life and he had to get through a lot when he was like a college football player and, and coming off injuries and um it centers around and this is going to be so embarrassing because i'm going to forget his name but um mm. an english premier league football mm. player who had quite a, a great career but then he went into boxing mm. and um and he was just kind of chasing that it's obviously a competitive beast but also then trying to balance his mental health with that and i guess his um battles with depression and it is heavy but it is it gives you a really a pretty unique insight into that world and how mental health 
I guess, fits in with athletes and high-level athletes. Yeah, absolutely. And like you said, the fact that, you know, the rock of all people, I mean, that guy, the amount of ventures that that guy has, I mean, he's movies, wrestling, tequila, mm. or is it? Yeah, tequila. Like you yep. know, the amount of stuff that he does and keeps himself busy. And yet there's someone who has literally the world at his feet can suffer depression. He can hit anybody and you just wouldn't yep. know that. Um, it's just so fascinating. Yeah, sort of seeing him talk about it, but all these yep. massive stars. And like you said, that's all they know. So especially when they come out and they've got those highs to all yep. of a sudden having to find a desk job or whatever it is, you know, it's yeah. just such a crazy, yeah. yeah. It, it was very, um, I mean, like all good documentaries should be, but very honest mm. um, and, yeah. you know, like of, of some of the lows and and the highs too. But yeah, definitely an interesting take on it. So if, you, if you're if you a sports fan, especially, I think that's a, a pretty good watch. Absolutely. Yeah. What yeah. else do you recommend? What else? Yeah, there was hit. a fire inside, which is an Australian one about the uh, Australian bushfires, which was, uh, yeah, pretty full on. Um, yeah, covers, you know, some of the people who, who essentially got in there and, and you know, some of, the, some, some of the footage is pretty full on. They actually sort of show, you know, um, some of the houses getting wiped out and things like that. And, yep. um, you know, I guess it, it's also a powerful one about, you know, the community kind of getting together and, and trying to band together and, and help each other. But, yeah, we all remember that, especially we're Australian and, and yeah. affected, you know, us over here so much. And then it kind of got overshadowed pretty quickly with COVID soon after, but geez, um, the effects of that are going to be for a long time. So it was yeah. pretty full on documentary um, that sort of, yeah, kind of reminds you just about how extreme that was in its time. Yeah. yeah. Well, even, even the, I mean, not to go into too much of it, but like the the amount of animals that became extinct, the species of insects and stuff, it was literally millions. It might have even been, I think it was billions, I don't know, of just animals yep. just died in those fires, which is just crazy. horrendous, man. It's Absolutely. just crazy. Yeah, really is. So, yeah, pretty full on. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, and there's a whole bunch of others. Like, I mean, we're just literally talking about, what, four or five of them, but it, there's yeah. countless winners. Uh, oh, there was also the Daniel Day Lewis one as well. Um, oh yes, of yeah, course. Um, the Hollywood Genius, I think it's called. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's sort of a French one, and potentially, but um, this is a fifty-minute banger. Um, but uh, I mean, Daniel Day Lewis, he's in my top five greatest actors of all time. Who's number one? Uh, it would Robert be Al Pacino for me, but uh, <laughs> you would be Al Pacino closely by De Niro. Um, yeah. Who's yeah. number three? All right, no, we're not going to do this. We'll leave that to another podcast. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. But um, yeah, but um, yeah, it, what a career, what an actor. Um, and it kind of gives a really good summary about how he started some crazy, you know, interesting interviews, such a quiet guy, but had such a talent. Um, obviously, he's, it's, he's very notorious for his range of roles, but also his method acting. And it's interesting, he sort of talks about, you know, his method acting sort of, he just sort of says, you know, to, to, yeah. I guess, um, pay homage or, or to really get into that, you know, how someone would work, which is so different to how, you know, who he is, that that's sort of his, his craft. I think he said to another actor, he tried to say, oh, I'm not a good enough actor to turn it on or turn it off and stuff like that. To be honest, I think he probably could. He's, he's just phenomenal, like one of the greats. Yeah, but um, yeah. but one of the only actors who's ever, well, he's the only actor who's ever won three Academy Awards. Um, yeah. and, and he didn't really kind of just release his films every five That's whatever years and he's actually retired he's yeah. not making yeah. anymore so he's no, just no. like content and he could have now she could clean up like keep going like oh going. Like, Man, guys. he could do the liam neeson model and just pump out you know three <laughs> like revenge flicks a year it's no it, you're right his strike rate 
is the amazing. The ra- it's yeah, crazy. how yeah. much he transforms to, yeah, being such a polite, you know, British, you know, yeah. does like period pieces to just being the, you know, the butcher and uh, yeah. gangs in New York. Yeah, you know, all kind. It's just crazy. Yeah, so good, so, man. Yeah, but yeah, um, yeah. But you you mentioned some of the other, um, some of the others as well. Um, yeah, yeah. So so there was like what Frank Miller, American genius. Um, yeah. That was on the American comic book writer, screenwriter, producer. Um, so he did Daredevil, 300, Sin City, yeah. stuff like that. So Amazing. Um, yeah. Um, there was also one on uh, Mr. Banksy, it's called, I think. Uh, yeah. being, being, uh, but essentially, it's the uh, the, the graffiti artist, um, the notorious one, who I don't they still haven't, I don't think it. I don't think they've unveiled his true identity, but yeah, wow. that, like one on him as well. So that's interesting. Yeah, interesting. Um, the tunnel, the other side of darkness, which was the behind the scenes on the Australian found footage uh, horror film. Yeah, I like that one. film as well. It was a good one. Yeah. Um, and Paper City. This is uh, looks full on. I'd be quite keen to see this one. Um, uh, based on the nineteen forty five, where the US uh, bombed Tokyo, uh, oh. destroying. I think guessing this is around the World War, but yeah, um, destro- yeah. yeah, destroying a quarter of the city and killing a hundred thousand people. But this is follows three elderly survivors um, talking about that on on the on the record, essentially while they're still alive. So wow. Um, Sounds full on. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing with documentaries. I mean, it's real life and a lot of the time it is heavy material. Not always, but um, that's what makes them so powerful too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But some of the festival details too. So the online, um, so it's happening now. Um, Online, you can buy a stream pass. Um, It's going from the 1st to the 31st of July um, for how many you want to watch. So you buy a stream pass for how many documentaries you want to watch or binge pass to get unlimited access Watch them all. Yeah. Um, so that's a really good option too if you don't want to see them in cinema. Yeah. And and then if you do want to go and see in the cinema, especially if you're here in Melbourne, um, giving us the Melbourne Documentary Film Festival, <laughs> yeah. um, uh, it's playing at Cinema Nova in Carlton and it'll be playing uh, from the 21st to the 31st of July. You can get tickets online now for those. Um, and some of the, the films we've mentioned are playing on that. And, um, and yeah, or, or the streaming pass as well. So um yeah very exciting you covered yeah awesome well we should kick to this uh interview with jake taylor on his new doco green is a new black we are very excited about today's guest he is a director and a producer of the documentary film green is a new black which will be featuring at the melbourne documentary film festival this month along with this he is the lead singer of the very successful heavy music act in hearts wake he is a busy boy we are thrilled to have him with us today, ladies and gentlemen, Jake Taylor. Jake, how are you? Thank you for that intro. I'm never, it's I'm still getting used to hearing um, the word director. Yeah. Yeah. So, I'm good. I'm good. Like I, like I told you guys before we started this, um, I was out clearing, um, getting, we've got a lot of um, privet and things that have kind of grown back since white man came in and did a huge clearing for dairy back in the day so like you've got a mix of natives now and and um pioneer species and also things that were brought into the country and so we're trying to do a bit of regen on this new land that we're on so i've been up there on the hill all day and i'm feeling quite as they say a uh, fire drunk by yeah. um yeah strategically managing land so yeah. I, i'm good I'm, I'm pretty high on the hill from all the smoke <laughs> to be honest man you were living it that's awesome um but just on you know you said 
about weird hearing about the word director, but you know, you're a musician, lead singer, and now producer and director. I mean, how did you find that experience during making Green as the New Black? I guess putting uh, that new hat on. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot of work. Um, but that's the DIY game, to be honest. That's how we've always done everything, um, especially being heavy music, which most people in the mainstream at least don't understand. Like you don't just, you know, send in your demo into radio and like hope that you get like a pop hit, you know, that's going to be played. With our music, it doesn't work like that. It's much more underground. You've got to get on that stage and work rooms if it's 10 people or 50 or 100. And there's always this DIY ethic because there's not a lot of resources involved. So we're always doing our own, like we were setting up our own lights, everything. So with that in mind, that's kind of like how we approach this movie was, all right, we've never made one before. Don't know anyone who makes movies. Let's give it a go. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. We were actually uh, in a hit band ourselves uh, playing in front of 30 people (laughs) back in the day. So we we know the... uh, We chopped out at 30 (laughs) people, I think, man. That's what that was our, our peak. Well, it yeah, could have it, the, the peak yeah, could have been the peak could have been higher. Just it just didn't feel right to keep pushing for the peak. You know that's that, it's it's, yeah. it's, what, it's what happened for us. Thirty people for so long, man. You know we just yeah. keep pushing and pushing and trying yeah. new things. Yeah, it's so cool, man. Um, so I mean, we should, probably should talk about the docker, obviously, to just give a bit of context. But for those who haven't seen the docker or the previews, it centers around your band in Hearts Wake and their quest to become carbon neutral in both touring, but also recording the new record. Um, and obviously during the doco, it gives us a, a really good idea of where you guys are coming from. But has that always been something that as a band you guys have been pushing for, like the environmental side of things from day one? Yeah. Uh, well, maybe from day, <laughs> let's say, let's, let's say there's 10 days in our yep. lifespan of 16 years, you know, for the first two or three, we weren't because we were just teenagers in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, but as soon as we left high school and what do we want to write about? What do we give? What do we care about? What makes us the happiest? It was like just the beautiful places that we were privileged enough to be able to live near. And that's the, those are the places that filled us up. And yeah. in that you go start touring the world and you start to see that all of the venues are in not the uh, most, how do I say this? Like, so like the social, there's just a lot of, lot of, lot of challenges, let's just say in the social areas and stuff and not a lot of green. Like you look at a map and it's like, where's the nearest park? And you'd be yeah. lucky to find on the cigarette bus in it. It could be like 10 miles away. Yeah. So that being said, it's like this fight and this sort of will and desire to protect and uplift those places that make us feel so full and whole. And it just, you know, gradually snowballed from planting trees for records 10 years ago to then what's the next step. And then here we find ourselves at a cliff's edge, that being how do we offset something? And then it's like, well, and then you're in, you've jumped off and you dive in deep and then it's just a whole Pandora's box. Yeah. yeah your work, work ethic is pretty amazing. I mean, obviously to, to be successful in a band is, is, you know, such a massive effort by itself, but, but the, you know, I, I guess what you what you've been able to achieve with that, with filmmaking and everything you're doing with the carbon neutral stuff. I mean, you, it's so eye-opening watching that. Um, I mean, we are environmentally conscious, but seeing what you, it feels like we're nowhere near it, can, can, you know, sort of watching this, it's such a, but so powerful watching that and sort of seeing even, you know, to the degree that you do with your records with, you know, all of that is, 
you know, recycled, um, you know, material and the packaging and all that sort of stuff. It's just, um, yeah, quite remarkable how you, yeah, did all that. I know there's not really a question there, but it's just more of a statement. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thanks. Comment on that statement, Jake, please. Yeah. <laughs> it's nice to hear that reflection because to be honest, you know, it's, uh, yeah, it's like, oh, we haven't really put ourselves out there that much. We've had we've had a pandemic that's just like really halted things for the last few years. We've played maybe four or five shows. We're able to sneak in in the last you know three years now. Yeah. And when there's no energy coming in, which is let's be honest, like we all love making music as musicians, but it's half of the joy. The other half, if not more, is actually having that live experience with yeah. with people. And when you take that away and you don't have that that energy coming back in, yeah. um you can start to not forget, but like, you can be like, yeah, there's no, there's no, nothing fueling that. Yeah. Um, uh, and it starts to shift and evolve and change. And I think that's perhaps where we started going to this film journey like, more and more heavily because we were able yep. to, because we had time off, but there still wasn't that energy to go, uh, not to validate, but to just be like, well done. Or like, I like what you're doing. Or there was just, we're kind of in the dark. Yeah. Yeah. And we've had a few cinema screenings you know, 50 or hundred people. And it's been really nice. Like, yeah. it's, it's a reminder and a reassurance. Oh, like what we did was, is uh, important, I guess, to, to many people. And that has been really nice. So hearing your, yeah, hearing that, it's like, I forget sometimes I try, we play in a band and we play music and, <laughs> yeah. and we made this film. I've been, my head's been in a fire on the hill for the last you know, <laughs> yeah. I forget, but so thanks, man. Appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. No, and- it's, yeah. Just, oh, sorry, you Paul, you go on. I was just going to say an extension of that. I mean, how how's the response been from other bands? I mean, you're obviously touring with a lot of, you know, bands and stuff like that. Have they taken notice of that? And have you seen that, that you know, they've sort of changed or or had that realisation moment that they could do things differently and and how much of an impact, you know, the smallest things can make? Have they, have you had um, any sort of response so far? Or It's been mixed. It's been yeah. mixed. Like, I think... A lot of musicians already, as they've said, so challenged enough already um, with what's yeah. just happened that they're like, like it's almost like, oh, really? Like you're going to make it harder for us to do what we do? Like there's a bit of that resistance and eye rolling. I've kind of caught wind of a little bit mm-hmm. and some sort of, yeah, just but I think that that, that eye rolling and is just because some people feel threatened by the change as we all do. We always feel threatened by the change. But I, I believe that once we realize that this change is necessary change so that we can thrive, then it's like, oh, it's not a threat. It's actually like part of a solution. And yes, it will be effort to change. So there's a, that I've, I've experienced that pushback and felt it a little. And I think that's happening more actually within our scene, not because they're not receptive, but just because we're already in the underground and trying to make it work. There's not a lot of money and resources going around. So it's harder yeah, it's harder. It's a, it's a privilege to have this change, let's be honest. Yeah. Um, and whereas the bigger acts, I think, like, have them, you know, they got so much money. Like, mm. some of the, what they're getting paid to play some of these, like, big festivals, they could make change happen, you know, within a few months. Easy, I believe. And I think that's yep. how actually we might see the, the change might be more receptive once it catches, catches yep. fire, catches hold. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. For sure. And, and I feel like a lot of those things, it doesn't mean you have to transform everything straight away. It can be, you know, smaller things, you know, even the example in the documentary where, you know, you want to blow something out, like normally there's confetti or something or whatever it is, like balloons or whatever it is at the end of a show, but you want to change that to make it so it's not blowing out crap. 
that's horrible for the environment. So you're using leaves, um, you know, which is a really cool thing. And like in so many ways, it's metaphorical and it fits perfectly. Um, but yeah, it's about like, I guess, those little things. And if bands can then start to go, all right, we can slowly change these things. Um, you know, that hopefully that has a kind of a momentum thing. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be, I did mention money before, but um, it doesn't have, it doesn't actually have to cost money to make change. Just want to re-emphasize mm. that. I think where the, the, the costing money in quotations like comes up is more that it takes time yep. to, to, to look at what we're all doing and like take a pause when we just want to move forward. And that other means employing your staff, your stage production crew or whatever, whoever that is to look into these things. Um, but I think we'll all find that it'll actually be cheaper in the long run because we'll make decisions that won't involve like, you know, blowing up a, an atomic bomb on stage. And that's actually like, yeah. you know, 10 grand cheaper in your stage production. <laughs> and so I think, yeah, particularly in stage production, there's cheaper methods and it can be, yeah, switched over to like lighting and uh other creative ways yeah yeah well i think you even touched on that in the documentary like the the projection and using things like that mm -hmm. yeah yeah projection lighting exactly yep. and you know what i actually i really i've got a they, these things called co2 jets um mm -hmm. if you've seen the film you guys know but yeah. i mean everyone listening i'm sure they've been to a gig at some point in their lives and there's these big columns of like you know, what looks like white smoke, but it's so loud that it's deafening over the music. Yeah. yeah. Like, and like I've, I've had that, we've had those on stage. And I remember like when you're playing, they're so loud that it drowns out all the music of your own band. And you're like, it startles you. As it, yeah. as <laughs> and they're effective in their visual thing, but they're actually so annoying. And yeah. <laughs> and realizing there, yeah, that we just call them, yeah, yeah, get the CO2 jets. Like that's what you did to be a big band. Yeah. And then, so then we'd like, wait, CO2, we did, we did chemistry. Wait, what is that stand for? I was like, <laughs> yeah. oh boy, like it's just like a, it just became a word like Kleenex, but you just yeah. don't, you know, it's actually tissues. Like you just, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> anyway, I'm, I'm rambling, but yeah, there's a whole, there's a whole slew of things. Yeah, for sure. Um, now we're, we're a movie podcast and in this docker, this is one of the smaller elements of this documentary. Um, it's really just touched on, but you spent some time in LA and you did a bit of acting. Yeah. Is that, that correct? So what can you take us through that and what you were in or how that all went? You, we're not talking to the next Jared Leto here, are we? Or, you know. <laughs> no, you know why? Because it's such a hard gig doing that stuff. So, um, but yeah, I just thought like, I was in a really, like I'm in the place where it all happens. What's that like? And so, yeah, I, I registered to become like a, to give an extra Mm -hmm. And you get like casting call outs, like regular. I'm still getting them now on my phone. They just don't know that I'm not in LA. And like, <laughs> it'll be for all kinds of shows that we all watch. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I, so I was, yeah, it was Glow. Was the, it was a oh. Netflix show called Glow. Yeah. And um, yeah, that's, so I would just, I would get up, you know, get my casting call the night before. Like, yep, yeah, we're shooting you available. And I hit yes. I'm like, you know, on the app. And then they're like, all right, cool. You're, you're on call 5am. This is your location to so get up driving a little little buggy car, like head across <laughs> on the freeway. And it's already so busy, like yeah, just yeah. packed full of cars. And then you're lining up with people who are doing it. Are they either really curious and just having some fun or they're really like doing it tough Yeah, because they're lining up too. And like, you know, before the sun's up and you're getting paid like $13 an hour and they give you a costume and then they take you to a holding room. And you wait there all day for the one scene. Yeah. Yeah. So it was a great experience just, being behind the cameras 
and um yeah seeing how like seeing the machine and how it all yeah. works yeah and i think like yeah that kind of acting i'm not into um i'm more into the the directing and yeah who knows maybe one day maybe yeah one day I do, something. <laughs> do you want to direct more things yeah yeah it comes it comes naturally to me because i see like what i want and i'm so like um stubborn sometimes yeah. and like strong in the vision like no no it's got to be like this you know like i see it like that and so that's how i found myself in the director role in many of our music videos which gave me a bit of confidence where the directors would be like why, why don't i even hide man like, you just do this next time we'll just film like we'll do the filming and you just yeah and so that was like i think that was yeah my my training wheels for just doing something a bit a bit bigger let's just yeah. say absolutely mm. yeah but LA, what a place! Yeah, dream, where dreams go to like to die, and <laughs> the ones come and become true. You know, it's like yeah. this divide of the third world, like living conditions. So then, like right over the fence, you've got like you know a trillionaire. It's just like so bizarre. Yeah, I like that song you wrote. Um, welcome to LA, or whatever it's called. That that phrase is in it anyway. I think. Yeah, welcome to LA. Yeah, LA. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, man. It's a good yeah. Song. thanks, man. Yeah, yeah. it was. It, it came to me when we were like around this time when I was doing extra work and Malibu was on fire and you know, we're at Venice beach and I just, you just look like, it's like, it's a big bay. So on one side of the bay, you're looking across the water and it's just like the whole entire, like everything I could see. It looked oh, two dimensional. Yeah. It looked like it could just be reach out and touch it. Yeah. And it was just on fire. And then I'm looking like around our house and a little apartment and trying to do yoga in the morning to like get limbo and there's ash just falling from like people's oh. houses. And then you get an earthquake and it's like yeah. 7.1 magnitude earthquake and it feels like you're on a ship. And you just yeah. go, what is this? is just insane. What am I doing? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, yeah, you sort of talked about like that you you would be interested in potentially directing again. Like, have you got any idea? Like, have you thought about that? Any projects? I mean, I've seen also in your documentary you had um, uh, from the Sugar film as uh, Damon. Um, I forget his last name. Damon. Gamma, uh, Gamma. Yeah, that's it. Gamma. Um, yeah, you know he's done some amazing stuff as well. Um, you know, is it is it that sort of you know? Would you consider you know? I don't consider myself a documentarian, like where I just take on other topics. Um, yeah. Maybe, maybe there might be a story that's so inspiring. It's like the world just needs to see this, but it have to be something real, not a research project, but like real, yeah. like, like someone doing something in some environment. That's just like mind blowing. Um, I would rather do, I think I'd rather do like a, probably I'd do like a film film. Unless it was for the own band, you know, my own band doing a number two, Green is New Black number two, yep. whatever the next the next phase of that, I think that I'd rather do a film, and it would have to be, it'd have to consist of the things that I love in order to like, you know, like the subject matter has to be things I want to do in my spare time to make yep. it work. Yeah, for sure, that's awesome though, man. Like go into the the fictional kind of side too, maybe. Yeah, fictional, like but but I, I would probably pick a true story if possible. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Or, or like directing it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's your, that's the opportunity. <laughs> yeah, or inspired by true events, something like on the lines. And I do a lot of um, survival skills, like nature. I hate the word survival skills sometimes, but that's what a lot of Americans. Oh, survival skills. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. know what that is. In Australia, they're like, "What? You must be out shooting things." And it's like, "No, no, no, no." <laughs> but like, um, you know, weaving baskets from natural oh. fibers, building shelters, f- friction fire. 
Yeah. Living on the land with nothing, essentially, is like the Dude, idea. Are you into the TV show alone? I've seen all of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, mean, <laughs> I, can't, believe, I can't believe how, it's, how much it's blowing up. Yeah. Like, it's massive, There's isn't it? There's an Australian it? version coming as well, apparently. I know. So, I almost yeah. apply. I, almost I was going to say, you it, should yeah. be in that. Yeah. I, I, I believe I would have got close, not, not because of like my level, but because of the interest of like, oh, like someone quirky, like he plays in a metal band. Like maybe yeah. we'll, we'll give him at least another audition. I think that I feel like, <laughs> but I just, I just looked at my calendar. I was like, I can't, it doesn't, it'd be right now. It'd be, we'd be out there right now. Yeah. Like they should. How do you reckon you'd go? Be honest. How many days are you doing? What would be the uh, breakdown? Like, how would you go would, out there? I don't think I'd be very good to be honest. Um, I'd probably, I'd be lucky to, I could do a couple, I think I could push a couple of weeks, but I reckon the yep. tw- day twenties and stuff, it would, it could possibly get to a point where I just feel like, like you get to a point of realization and clearness that it's like, this isn't worth the money. Yeah. 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 Like to, just to, to put my body through that much suffering, but to have a, an experience facilitated like that. And the opportunities that could potentially come with that and the things that I would learn, I would still be up for like giving it a go. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe there's this freak thing where you actually do just, you are just given this bounty that's just like, you know, spirit saying, no, we want you to stay for a hundred days and maybe yeah. things change, but you just do it. Mm. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think not long is my <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, I'd be out. I'd be one of those guys who'd come in and maybe talk crap and then I'd be out on the first night. I'd hear something move and then I would leave. Well, it's in Australia, so here's something move. It'd be like what a, a yowie or like a yeah. Actually, it's not so bad at it. Like, like I, a... you know, snakes and stuff. Like that's fine. It's bears and crap. I'm like, man, yeah. that's way worse in my totally. Mind. It's Australia, so they'd be doing it in the outback. Yeah, I, yeah. I think, or or they're gonna go high country, like snowy mountains where it's yeah. cold. That's my. I think they'd be going for an extreme like that. Yeah, probably. Yeah. So anyway, there's there wouldn't be that fear. It just I think just I think the food would be super super scarce. Oh, yeah. That's my that's For my. Sure. There's yeah. already not not that much in Australia. Like no, you, like you need to. There is a lot actually. You just need to know where to look. It's America seems to like just because it's very seasonal. It's like you got like all these berries and like all the animals come for those berries and it's very yeah. like animated and exaggerated. Yeah, yeah. In Australia, it just seems much more like it's a bit more barren. Yeah, a bit more like desolate and like like slower paced still yeah. so it's like less of that like pioneer thing where you've got to yeah. like yeah so i think that it, i think it'll be an interesting series to watch it will for sure man like yeah. yeah it's pretty funny the latest season sorry we're just making this an alone podcast now but like people are getting so strategic with it i love it they come in like 20 30 kilos overweight like they yeah. just pack on a bunch of weight. And then, and then they blow out their knee because they yeah. can't walk. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's double-edged. But yeah, I know. It's just one person's strategy for sure. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, so back to the documentary. Um, I did notice you guys are doing a massive tour. And is that... Yes. It's it's called the um, Green is New Black Tour. Like, how are you tying that in? Are you going to be showing visuals and things at the shows? Or is how's that working? Great question. I actually wanted to play the docker at all the venues, but the reality of having sticky carpets at some of these venues, like the pubs, regional places with people sitting on them and standing in, in places that aren't dark, just we just couldn't make it happen. So it's going to be it, the way that it, it, it's really about celebrating the soundtrack and, and emphasizing that like, yes, there is a band actually behind this documentary. Yeah. And so we'll be some of the things that you see in the doco, whether it's the merch, the stage production, you know, the music, we're going to, we'll be sort of 
walking that walk on the tour and seeing, you know, looking to new ways that we can, things that aren't in the doco too, that we're going to yeah. be testing out. Um, like we're trying to see if we can get a solar setup we can tour with, you know, to just pave and power like all the backstage stuff. Yeah. Uh, hopefully the lights, you know, just just some sort of battery that we can move with. Yeah. And um, yeah, so it's a celebration of the film and people will be able to watch it towards the end of the tour. Like we're just finding out how now how to get it online. Mm-hmm. Um, iTunes and places like that. But it's gonna take it's taking it's gonna take a little while still. There's so much paperwork. Yep. Um, I just want to touch on as well. I mean, you sort of um, you, you mentioned earlier about how some bands and stuff like that said to you about how you know what you're doing takes a lot of work and things like that. But have you found you know that perception where it is a lot of work to to be um, carbon neutral? I imagine it's like like anything where to start, it's more around your habits. You know, you start off. Is that sort of what you found? Where it's sort of you need to change things. You need to be conscious of it. And then once you get into a habit, uh, Sam and I are very much creatures of habit. So I sort of like a lot of things we do as well. Once you've sort of got that and you're getting into the routine of it, you know, it's quite easy to actually live that way going, you know, and, and, and doing that going forward. Is that sort of how you found it? It's actually quite kind of come second nature once you sort of, you know, change those habits and are aware of, aware of them. Is it? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, I just, it's, we're still in that first phase of making that shift to where you use a habit. So, yeah, at first it was like not, not, not knowing where, where we even had to cast the net, to be honest with you. It's like we want to cast a net, don't know how big it's got to be to, to get all the information. Now the information, like we have it and we've got like all our areas of where we emit. Um, and sometimes there might be some unforeseen thing that does pop up. I'm open to that too, but I'm able to just, it's kind of like approaching your tax. Like none of us really want to do it. Let's be honest. Mm. But we know, we know that it's just part of what it is to, to be a human in the system at the moment. Yeah. Um, and in doing that, we've actually created systems and setups, whether you use zero or whether you use Dropbox or whether you just manually photograph your receipts or write it down on a piece of paper. Yeah. Um, and you've got an account that just takes all of that information um, it sounds like, oh no, another accountant, like that sounds like a nightmare, but you know, we've come up with, I guess we call it our earth accountant and it's essentially the same information that you're giving to your tax accountants, but our earth accountant can just knowing where to look, she just plugs into the same like source of receipts and can just go, oh yeah, like, well, that's a flight. That's a travel movement. That was a consumable, like what you ate, drank, you know, did, um, and she can pick up all the areas. And so I'll just throw them all into folders um yeah. and and the cool part of all this is like it was it seems like extra additional work that one might have to do at the end of every year it's actually making when it comes to the spending or the, the going to do something i'll be like oh which choice will actually be better for the planet and also cheaper for us to like have to offset in the long run yeah you know, or minimize do we actually really need to get that thing because you know like and so you actually spend your money more wisely too yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. I found that from the film, that was one probably one of the biggest takeaways I got was, I guess, extrapolating that model onto myself and onto my own lifestyle and not obviously to that degree, but it just made me a lot more conscious, which I think you said before, Paul, but mm. a little more conscious about those decisions and starting to think, you know, maybe, you know, what you do in day-to-day and where you can kind of reduce things. Um, 
And as, as I get a bit of a follow-up on that, I mean, it's probably a bit of a corny question in a way, but I mean, what are some of the little things do you reckon in day-to-day life that people could kind of do to start chipping away at that? Clothing, we all, everyone wears clothes every day. 99% of us do. There's always that 1%. Right? <laughs> I mean, yeah, we, well, we, all, we all want to be, yeah, be the 1%, but yeah. most of us have to, you know, it's illegal to not wear clothes in many settings. So, <laughs> but um, whatever you're wearing, like who's making it? Where does it come from? What's it made? What's it made out of? Yep. And, and how long is it going to last? So I think like, yeah, everyone has looked down at the t-shirt you're wearing or the, or the dress and just be like, well, you know, and if you don't, then maybe, yeah, it's a good question. Ask next time you buy one. Yeah. Mm. I think that's a good place to start food. We all eat every day. Um, how far did that food travel to get to your mouth? Yeah. Like if the emissions involved from like, yeah, you know, a packet of pasta from Italy, like it's damn good to get that imported packet, but maybe you just have it once a month rather than having it once a week. You know, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Um, because the emissions on that would be mental. So, mm-hmm. yeah, look, that, yeah, we can get so overwhelmed so quickly when we start looking at our food, clothing, and we just go, oh, like, I'm doomed. I'm paralyzed by it all. Yeah. So I think just pick where whatever you're passionate about is actually where I'd start the more I talk about it. If you are passionate about clothes and fashion, then that's where you can start to like ask. And if you're a food person, go there. Yeah. You guys are doing podcasts. I mean, you're into films. So it's like just finding out yeah, like what films and what things can you support that are like, you know, of a solution and yeah. how they're being made. Like, it's just, yeah, I think if we all pick our passions, like it's a good place to start because then we're more likely to speak about it and then emanate that and, you know, send those ripples when we do yeah. have those conversations with those that we love. Yeah. Awesome. I love that. Um, Jake, this has been such a great chat, but before we go, um where can people watch this film? So you haven't got a spot yet for it. No. So, so Melbourne, yeah. Melbourne documentary film festival for sure. Um, It's going to be at Splendor forum, um, which is like playing it. anyone going to Splendor in the grass, you can catch it on the Sunday. Um, I don't know when this is coming out, but anyway, it's coming out. Yeah. Very soon. (laughs) I think it's like, yeah, 10 a.m. in the morning. We're playing it and having a panel with like um the guys from hack about it yep and then in brisbane we're going to have a bit at big sound then if you guys know big sound it's a big like conference and we're going to be playing it there and again having a big like brains trust come together and unpack it so there's a few events but beyond that it will be on itunes eventually or doc play or both hoping for a late october don't quote me on it because I've got a lot of paperwork (laughs) and it's DIY. So I don't know. I've never rated anything before. So they tell me we get ratings and subtitles. It's like, Oh wow. Like it's not just upload it onto the SoundCloud. Like this is like, yeah. Film is a whole other level of of what's required. (laughs) Yeah. And and of course, Oh, sorry, Paul, go on. I was just going to say, uh, for the Melbourne uh, Documentary Film Festival, I believe it's playing on the 27th of July at 6 30. I did look that up. So you can definitely Legend. catch that at Cinema Nova. So, uh, yeah, and it's man. also um, on online as well. They've got the streaming passes. So if you buy the streaming pass, you can watch it from, from your own home, essentially wherever. Yeah. So, yeah. Awesome. Well, Jake. Thanks so much for taking the time and chatting with us. This has been very enjoyable. And um, and congratulations on the doco. It was an absolute winner. It was so yes, cool. Yeah. Thanks, for, thanks for watching it and thanks for caring about it. It's um, Yeah, just 
editing at the home, you know, for like two years with a mate. So we, wow. I, I like to, you know, yeah, I don't, I don't want to talk it down, but I often will just be, I say what it is, you know, like we, we did it ourselves and it's, it's our thing. And um, people often expect the worst that like, Oh no, it's going to be terrible. And they watch and like, Oh no, it's quite good. So hearing your feedback, it means a lot. And thanks for um, amplifying what, what it is that we're doing. Appreciate it. Our absolute pleasure, Absolutely. mate. This has been great. It's been fantastic. Thank you very much. Thanks, Jake. Thanks for your time. All good.